Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here with you, I'm Scott Seidenberg, The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can always follow me on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S. O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, we'll be joined by Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and consultant from LandryFootball.com. We'll talk a little NFL Week 18, and then we'll break down the college football playoff national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. Uh, Let's get the updated lines here according to the DraftKings Sportsbook for Week 18 NFL, which starts on Saturday. The Kansas City Chiefs are 10.5-point favorites against the Denver Broncos with a total of 45. The Dallas Cowboys are six-and-a-half-point favorites at the Eagles, a total of 43. For the Kansas City Chiefs, they are playing for seeding purposes. The Chiefs can end up with a win. Uh, The Chiefs can end up with the two-seed. They can also end up with the one-seed should they win and the Titans lose. There is a possibility that the Chiefs end up with the three seed or that the Chiefs end up with the four seed, but that would all rely on them losing. As long as they win the game, they are locked into the two seed or possibly the one seed. As for the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowboys against the Eagles, the Eagles right now are the seventh seed. They could be the sixth seed if the Rams beat the 49ers New Orleans beats the uh, uh, and New Orleans wins against Atlanta. Um, they can be the sixth seed if uh, the Rams win and Atlanta wins. They can be the sixth seed. Um, then you look at their possibility, uh, the Cowboys, who are pretty much locked into the four seed. They could be the. Uh, I guess they could be the three seed if San Francisco, Seattle, and Tampa all win. The Cowboys can be the three seed. And the Cowboys can be the two seed if San Francisco, Seattle, and Carolina win against uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Then they can be the two seed. But it looks most likely that the Cowboys will be the four seed. The Green Bay Packers are locked into the one seed. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Lions on the road. Don't know how much Aaron Rodgers and company is going to play in this one. He says he's going to play, so 
Take him at his word for now and then see what happens come Sunday. The Colts are 15-point favorites against the Jaguars. 15-point favorites for the Colts against the Jags. And it's very simple. Win and you're in for the Indianapolis Colts. Like, that's it. There is one way that they get into the playoffs with a loss. And that is if Baltimore, Miami, and Vegas all win. And that would mean that Vegas would be the five seed, New England would be the six, and the Colts would be the seven. But Colts win, they are in the postseason. Uh, Most likely at the five, definitely a chance for them to get the six and a couple of rare instances where they would be the seventh seed. Washington and the Giants, nothing to play for there. Washington is a seven-point favorite on the road, and uh, everyone expecting that their new name will be the Washington Admirals. Uh, We will wait and see. Washington Admirals is what is being rumored to be the uh, name of their team. And I'm checking if it works right now. Nope, it doesn't work right now. But there was somebody said if you did WashingtonAdmirals.com, it directed to the Washington football team website. But that is not the case. Um, Then we go to Chicago and the Vikings. Nothing to play for there. Minnesota, a three and a half point favorite over the Bears. You have the Browns, a six-point favorite over the Bengals. Now you're saying, why are the Browns a six-point favorite over the Bengals? Well, Joe Mixon is on the COVID list, so he is not going to play in this game. Joe Burrow is not going to play in this game as well. And, uh, you know, don't no word on Jamar Chase or um, what is going to happen here uh, for the Bengals. But they're going to rest up and get ready for the postseason. The Texans and the Titans. Titans are 10.5-point favorites with a win. Tennessee locks up the number one seed. They lock it up with the win. It's as simple as that. Then there's the Steelers and the Ravens. Ravens are five-point favorites over the Steelers. And the only way that these teams have a chance to get into the playoffs with a win is if the Colts lose. So if the Colts beat the Jaguars, and they're 15-point favorites, then the Steelers and Ravens have a, uh, you know, they're not in. But if the Jaguars upset them, there's a chance that the Steelers and Ravens can, Steelers or Ravens can get in. The Saints play against the Falcons. Saints are four-and-a-half-point favorites. They need a win plus a 49er loss to the Rams. The 49ers and are four-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Rams. Now, the 49ers are in with a win, simple as that, or if New Orleans loses to Atlanta, they are in the playoffs. The Buffalo Bills, they are 16-point favorites against the Jets, and they will clinch the AFC East with a win. I'm very happy that this number is at 16 now because now the teaser becomes even easier because you can do a a 6.5-point teaser and get this thing down to 9.5. Now, why would I do that? Well, here's why I would do that. The last 17 regular season wins by the Buffalo Bills have been by 10 or more points. All 10 wins this season and their final seven of last year. When they win, it's by double digits. 
I personally think they're going to cover the 16, but just to have them win by 10, that's likely going to happen if they win the game. Why? Because that's what's happened the last 17 times that they have won a regular season game. Again, 17 straight regular season wins by seven, by 10 or more points. Uh, the Bucks. They're playing for seeding purposes. The Bucs are eight-point favorites over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, there is also player incentives in that game. We'll get to those player incentives coming up. But that's where we are. They are playing for a possibility of the two-seed. We'll keep that. Keep an eye on that. The Patriots, they need a win combined with a Bills loss to clinch the division. But besides the division... The Patriots can still be five, six, or seven, so they need to win and uh, shore up their seeding. They're six-and-a-half-point favorites in Miami. And keep in mind, the Dolphins have won six of the last eight meetings between these two teams in Miami. Six of the last eight years that New England has gone down to South Florida, the Dolphins have beaten them. Dolphins also won this year in week one in Foxborough in a fluky game where Damian Harris fumbled going into the end zone. So there's, uh, you know, the Patriots lose that one, a game that they thought they should have won. They should have won. So maybe a little revenge here for uh, Bill Belichick and company here, final game of the season. The Cardinals are seven-point favorites over the Seahawks. Arizona will win the division if they win and the Rams lose to the 49ers. So a Rams loss, a Cardinals win, Arizona is your division champs. And then, of course, the Sunday night game, everything on the line, win and you're in, Raiders and the Chargers. The Chargers are three-point favorites, a total in that one, 49 and a half. I actually like the over in that game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Let me tell you real quick about the player contract incentives that need to happen here in Week 18. Uh, we'll start with Stephon Diggs of the Buffalo Bills. Six catches to get $1.55 million. If, when the prop market opens up, you see anything under six for total receptions for Stephon Diggs, bet the over. He's getting these six catches. Rob Gronkowski needs seven catches to get a half a mil. If his prop is under seven, bet the over. Gronk needs 85 yards to get a half a mil. I think Brady will try and get him there. So I would go over on Gronk's yardage prop. Uh, A.J. Green needs 75 yards to get 250K. Whatever his receiving prop is, I'd go over. He also needs 10 catches to earn another quarter mil. Uh, I would bank on him and bet his over reception total. Rex Burkhead of the Texans needs 103 total yards to get 125 grand. And he has really dominated the touches over the past couple of weeks with David Johnson injured and on the COVID list. I think Burkhead's going to get there. He's been very effective for them. So if he gets 103 total yards, he'll hit his incentive. So maybe get bet the over on Burkhead rushing plus receiving yards. And then there's the milestones, the records. Cooper Cup needs 12 catches and 136 yards to get the record for both receptions and receiving yards i would take the over on his reception total and the over on his yardage total this week against the 49ers last time he played them he had 11 catches 
for 122 yards. So that's just a look at some of the incentives for player props going into this week 18 of the NFL season. Let's talk more about these games, and uh, we'll also get into the College Football Playoff National Championship game coming up next. Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and administrator, also a consultant uh, from LandryFootball.com, spent some time on the Cleveland Browns staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, was at LSU with Nick Saban, was with the Tennessee Titans for a while, so Landry, just a a wealth of knowledge there will join me next. We'll break down all things NFL and college football right here on The Look Ahead with me, Scott Seidenberg, here on VSIN. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. And confidence is at your fingertips. Visit vsin.com today. This is the look ahead on vsin, the sports betting network. vsin has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new big game, big dance special provides vsin plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only 69 bucks. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails. 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting slip breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. Scott Seidenberg here with you. It is The Look Ahead on vcin, the sports betting network. Joined now by good friend of the program, he is a football scout, coach, and consultant from LandryFootball.com, Chris Landry. Chris, of course, uh, does a lot of work with current NFL teams and many college football programs, has spent some time on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, so no one better to talk about the game of football with than you, Chris. Uh, let's talk about one of the most uh, competitive games that I think is going to be on Sunday with so much on the line for both teams, the Rams and the 49ers. We know the situation. Rams win, they win the division. The 49ers need to win to get into the postseason, so a lot on the line. Can San Francisco pull off the upset here against the Rams? Well, they can. Uh, obviously, they can. Will they? And I, I kind of I kind of sense that the, the Rams um, in the, maybe in a little bit better position to win this. They look to be the better team here. Obviously, they've got still much to play for themselves. I know they're in it, but still certainly uh, seeding and positioning there. I think it's really important uh, for them. So 
I think it'll be a meaningful game. Um, you know, can win the can win the West and with a win here. So I think the motivation's there. I think the team is starting to come together. Look, they're twelve and four, nine and seven for a reason. Um, I think the think the Rams are the play here. They're the better team here, and and I think San Francisco's uh, gonna have you know they'll they'll know before, but uh, it, it's gonna be interesting because actually they won't. They'll be playing at the same time. We'll probably in my mind they're probably gonna need Atlanta to help them get into the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, saying if they lose, then the Saints to lose against the Falcons would certainly help them out. Uh, the Bills, uh, with a win, will clinch the AFC East. Uh, the Bills, uh, the Patriots need a Bills loss to the Jets and a win over the Dolphins for them to get the division. Uh, I don't think Buffalo will lose to the Jets, but the Patriots against the Dolphins, because they need this win also for seeding purposes. Do you realize, Chris, that New England has lost six of their last eight games down in Miami? Why has it been so difficult for them to win those games down there? You know, there's, there's. I don't think there's a simple answer to that. You can look across different people and different coaches. I mean, you can say Brian For, Flores, um, you know, as an effect, but he hadn't been there, you know, for all those games. And then you can say, well, it's a little hotter than they're used to this time of year. I don't know. It's always been hot at Miami this time. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's 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 a division game. Um, you know, sometimes towards the end of the year, you know, maybe you've got a team in Miami that's trying to fight to survive and maybe stay in it or, you know, try to try to save a coach's job, what have you, and there's their plight. I, I really can't put my finger on it other than the fact that they have been outplayed in several of these games, uh, not fluke it. Now, you've had a couple of circumstances. You had the one game in which, you know, the Patriots just blew it. I mean, the, yeah, the, the Dolphins had play, the, yeah. the crazy play. Uh, I mean, so you've had a little bit of everything. They're outplayed. You lose on a fluke play. You know, you know, in the end, why are they consistently outplayed by a team that they're that much better than? It's a great question, and I think Bill would like to know that. Um, you know, I think this is this is a game, obviously, that's very meaningful. They need to win, and uh, again, hope somehow Buffalo loses, which I don't think they will, but and then Kansas City, and they're, they're hoping for some some surprises this weekend that probably are not going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> but they certainly would love to win the division, and, and if they can get some help from the Jets, um, maybe it can happen. They need to, to win. It'll be interesting to see how they play it. I suspect Bill will play it all out and play it to get ready for the playoffs, stay sharp, and I'm curious to see. I think they'd like to win this game going on a high note. The playoffs will in my opinion, officially begin on Sunday night because the Chargers and the Raiders is a playoff game, Chris. So that's when the playoffs really begin. Uh, the first time these two teams played, Chargers won in L.A. The Raiders have gone three and two since Thanksgiving, all five games without Darren Waller. They've only averaged 16 points per game, but it looks like they'll get him back here on Sunday night. Can the Raiders win this one at home? Well, I wouldn't count them out because the Chargers, you don't know what you're getting. The Chargers are the better team here. There's no question about it. The Chargers are better than 9-7. and seven. I mean, they, they should be. They just don't play smart football. They maybe in some cases take foolish chances, and I think it's cost them. And, and so certainly it could cost them in this game. There, there's no doubt about that. But the Chargers, to me, are the better team here, and it's hard to go away from it and just – from the standpoint and say, well, they're going to blow it. But you could certainly see that happening. Um, I, I look at the Raiders and 
you know, I, I look at them, I watch them. Look, they're doing what they need to do. Um, beating a shorthanded Cleveland team, a Denver team without Bridgewater. I mean, Carson Wentz didn't practice over. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from them. They earned every one of those. They're nine and seven. I just, even at home, don't think that if the Chargers play a smart game, play a good game, that that the Raiders will beat them. But we shall see. I think this is all about the Chargers here. The Chargers are the better team. They play their game. They win it. They blow it. Hey, Raiders, you go in and take care of business. <laughs> uh, in terms of the future <clears throat> outlook, you know, I've been talking about uh, the Tennessee Titans right now, Chris, are plus 450 to win the AFC. And they're going to have the first round by because I don't expect them to lose to the tight to the Texans, excuse me, on Sunday. And then they'll be home for the divisional round. And then if they win, they'll be home for the AFC championship game. Oh, there's also the added bonus of possibly getting back Derrick Henry. What's your opinion on the outlook of the Tennessee Titans to win in the playoffs and head to the Super Bowl? Well, I, I, I'll go so far as to say I think it's Tennessee or Kansas City in the AFC. And I do think with home field advantage and more importantly, the, the buy that comes with it to what you, you alluded to, if it certainly helps and it'll certainly help, but will it get a Derrick Henry back and available to them? If it does, then I, it's going to be a classic matchup. It'll be the, it'll be like the, the college, the national championship game. It's going to be a little bit of a style matchup, right? I mean, will the Titans at home be able to run the football, control the pace of the game, limit the chiefs possessions, or will the chiefs get out of lead and make the Titans play from behind? I mean, it's going to be a match of wills, and I think there are two teams that um, that they did they don't they match up in styles in terms of one strength is another's weakness and vice versa. So, I think that the Titans are certainly, in my view, with home field advantage, which I agree with you, they'll get, and Derrick Henry back, they're co-favorites along with the Chiefs and the SC. That's the way I see it in terms of a roster and their style. I don't know if they'll beat the Chiefs yet. I'll hold that to then. Mm-hmm. But I think they're I think they're the two teams. I don't think, for example, as impressed as I am, I don't believe that Cincinnati could, you know, go the distance or, you know, uh, anyone else that I would trust outside of the Chiefs or the Titans at this point. In the NFC, is anybody capable of beating the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're capable, but it's going to be tough, and I think it's really going to depend upon the Packers' defense. Their ability to defend the run is going to be pivotal. You know what they can do with Aaron Rodgers. They're the clear favorite. The issue is, will anybody do it? Is anybody playing well enough to do it? I mean, you know, let's give some uh, quick thoughts to this. The team that maybe is the most intriguing, that's maybe, and I say maybe putting it together, are the Rams. That's what are I they said. Really, yeah. Are they a really good team? They've, they've put a lot of pieces together. Is it starting to come together? Do you trust Matthew Stafford in a critical moment? Mm. Those are questions that you've got to answer that are probably determining factor for the Rams. And then I wouldn't want to be the one that say, uh, Tom Brady, Tampa, I'm counting you out. <laughs> but, but, but I would say this, that the Bucs are not playing the same type of defense that they played down the stretch of last year. So they've got some missing pieces. We know the whole A-B situation. So, I, you know, I, I would say that the Rams and the Bucks have a good chance, uh, but 
as you alluded to, they're going to have to go into Lambeau and get it done. That makes it difficult. I, I haven't forgotten the Cowboys. I don't trust them enough. But, you know, certainly if they stay committed to the running game, that could be a team that might be able to match up if they can get that far, might be able to match up with Green Bay in Lambeau if they, again, were to make it that far. Yeah, the Rams won in there earlier this year. They lost to the Packers, but they are a different team now, as you mentioned, maybe starting to put it all together. Hey, Chris, let's hang on for another segment so we can get into the college football playoff national championship game. Sounds good. He is Chris Landry. You follow him on Twitter at LandryFootball. The website is LandryFootball.com. We'll get into Alabama, Georgia coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on The Look Ahead, I'm Scott Seidenberg, rejoined by football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. And Chris, let's get into the college football playoff national championship game on Monday, Alabama and Georgia. Uh, How surprised were you by the outcome of the SEC championship game? What exactly did Alabama do so well that got Georgia off of their game? Well, I, I really liked Georgia in the game, and I, I thought um, it surprised me how Alabama was able to camouflage some of their pass protection weaknesses that had plagued them against AM, against LSU, against Auburn. And I thought uh, they would have trouble blocking Georgia's front. They did not. What did they do? They did a couple of things. They ran a lot more max protection looks. They got the ball out quicker by design. Um And, you know, I I think those things really mitigated some of the advantages that Georgia had on the defensive front. The other thing is they kept, with tempo, they kept Georgia's defense on the field and worked them a little bit. And I thought they were gassed. Georgia's defense, for as great as it is, their down linemen are big, you know, space eaters, line of scrimmage guys that are not great edge guys. They've got good edge pressure. And good blitz pressure capabilities, particularly with their Sam and Mike Backer. Uh, they didn't bring a lot of pressure. They didn't move Bryce Young off his spot. And he just, you know, he tore them apart. After down 10 nothing. they came back, took the lead. And then that was the difference because Georgia's offense is not a uh, drop-back passing offense. It's a play-action passing offense. So in order to be successful, they have to have the threat, at least, of a run game. And when you're down 17 points late in the game, that's basically playing left-handed for them. So I think that that is what was different. And the one thing that I see in Alabama overall with their coaching staff, they are a little bit better and a little bit more aggressive with changing to play the style of the opponent that they're playing whereas Georgia's a little bit more static. We're going to do what we do, and it's either going to be good enough or we're going to shake their hand and say, you beat us at our game. And so it'll be interesting to see if Georgia modifies some of their pressure looks on defense because I think the ultimate deciding factor is can Georgia move Bryce Young off of his spot? Can they pressure the pocket? If they can't, then it'll be a repeat of Alabama winning it. If they can then I think Georgia's chances are really good as I thought they would be 
in that conference championship game, uh, and they didn't do it. So I think that's the key. That's going to determine the outcome of the game, in my view. All right, well, let's go specifically team by team. Uh, We'll start with Alabama first, okay? In order for Alabama to win this game, what do they have to get done? Got to press. Got to protect Bryce Young. Got to get the ball out quick. Got to alleviate some of that pass rush pressure. Um, it's going to be tough to run the football against Georgia's defensive front, but you can throw the football. And yes, even without Mechie, uh, they can still make plays in the passing game, significant ones, if you give Bryce Young time. He is the difference maker, but he's only a difference maker if he has time to operate. And for Georgia, what do they have to do to win this game? Well, on offense, you know, let's start on defense because that's where it's really key. Defensively, they've got to get pressure on Bryce Young. So it's it's really the reverse of what the key is for, for Alabama. Uh, and that's the reason why it's the key to the game, in my view. They've got to pressure Bryce Young. They've got to get him in the third and longs. I think it's going to be difficult for Alabama, to, just like it is for Georgia. I think both teams will struggle to run the footballs consistently. So I, I think that making plays in the passing game is going to be vital. But you, for Georgia, they've got to work their offense, their passing game through the run game, whereas Alabama can work more RPOs, more dropback, more um, shotgun stuff. They've, they've got a lot of ways in which to beat you with the passing game. So I think that is really the key is just can they protect Bryce Young? I think defensively, they know what they need to do. You, you got to stop Georgia's run game. And if you, to me, the best the best way to help your defense, if you're Alabama, is is for your offense to get an early lead or to get a lead. Um, as I said, they were down. Alabama was down ten nothing, but flipped it around and just took it over. If you can make Georgia play from behind then Alabama's defense, the plight's going to be a lot easier because then you're going to be able to force Stetson Bennett into some difficult situations. And you've just got to prevent him from running the football and gaining positive yards with his feet. So that's kind of how I see it. I think it comes down to protecting Bryce Young, pressuring Bryce Young on the other side. Do you expect George Pickens to be a little bit more involved in this game? I do. um, But again, I think if they can work that, run game effectively, the play-action passing game. I think they'll have Pickens involved. Bowers is the key guy for them. He's the toughest matchup problem for Alabama's defense, and that is going to create some one-on-one opportunities, maybe against Kool-Aid McKinstry. Um, so I think I think there's no question that you've got to make plays. If you're Georgia, if you can't run the football, or the same with Alabama, you got to work the screen game, you got to get the ball out quickly, and a guy like Pickens can make plays after the catch, and that's what you're going to need from him. Total in this game is around 52, Chris. Do you expect it to go over or under the posted total? You know, I think it's – I like a little bit of the over here. I think it's a 28-24-ish type of game. Um, You know, so, you know, I I think it's about – to me, it's about a 52 to 54-point margin of total points as I see it. And would you take the points with Alabama or does Georgia win this football game? You know, listen, this is really tough for me because, again, what I saw all year long convinced me that that absolutely Georgia could win it and they can. But I admit that I'm a little bit um, unnerved by will Georgia do it? Will they do the things necessarily? Can they do those things? 
I think there are more ways in which Alabama could win. So it's like intoxicating to look at it, to think that well, Alabama's got more ways to win. But if Georgia can play their game and they play better defensively, they're going to win this game. But if I had to pick it, I mean, I'd probably take Alabama in the points because I've just been fooled too many times. Alabama and Nick Saban has just been money in this spot. But this is one that I'm not going to be surprised by. I mean, this is, to me, this is either one, both are very capable. And I just think that Georgia's a little bit better talented. But I think Alabama's a little better coach in terms of game week and game day preparation. You know, the last time that we had a rematch in the national championship game, Alabama was in it. Remember, it was Alabama yep. LSU when LSU yep. won that game in the regular season, and then yep. Alabama won in the national championship. Do you think that's something Nick Saban is is bringing up here to his team? Well, I mean, he, there's no question. Hey, look, just because we won, that doesn't mean anything. Look, they're going to make adjustments, and that's the key too. Is one of the reasons why people say it's tough to beat a team twice. Well, it's not if you're better, but if you're even. Here's what normally happens. If you have success against a team, you tend to revert back to what you did because it was successful. If you don't have success, you tend to make adjustments accordingly. So it's going to be up to Alabama to anticipate the adjustments that Georgia is going to make and be prepared for that. Look, you're correct. Alabama lost that game to LSU, and the difference was that Alabama, with that extra time, put in a new offensive game plan that worked exceedingly well and Les Miles uh, with LSU did not. And so Alabama was able to win it. It's going to be interesting to see with, oh, what, four or five weeks from now, what is Georgia with Kirby and his staff? They know Alabama well, but they not only know them well, they played them recently and have seen what worked, what didn't work. And so you can go back and work on things. You've got a little bit of an edge to say, look, we we owe them something. We let them off the hook on here, here, and here. So there's definite advantages to Georgia saying, this is our time. We can turn it around. And for Alabama, it's, you know, make sure that they're not going to be overconfident, of course, but you want to make sure that, look, we can't just play like we did last time. We're going to have to play better. We're going to have to be more varied in our approach and execute it even better because we expect to play a better Georgia team than we played in the conference championship game. So that means to beat a better Georgia team, we're going to have to be a better Alabama team, so to speak. So I think both coaches, both staffs have a lot that they can hammer down on their team with in this game. Chris, I appreciate the time and the insight as always. Enjoy the games this weekend. Enjoy the championship on Monday, and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, look forward to it, Scott. Thanks so much. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football, and the website is LandryFootball.com. Chris, a football scout, coach, and consultant, still works with uh, pretty much every NFL team and many college football programs. I'm Scott Satterberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'll give you some more thoughts on this national championship game, including a trend that I found that has to be worth mentioning. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. 
All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg here with you. It is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. There's an interesting trend when it comes to this college football playoff national championship game. Alabama and LSU, excuse me, I said LSU. <laughs> Alabama and Georgia played already this season. That was in the SEC championship game. Alabama won that game. So the national championship game is a rematch of a game that we saw already this season. The last seven times we have had a rematch in college football. And what I mean by that is, because how are you going to have a rematch if teams only play each other, you know, is if there is a bowl game a postseason game. I'm not talking about conference championship games, okay? I'm just talking about postseason games, so bowl games, meaning a little bit of time to prepare or whatnot, not just, you know, a week after your regular season ends and you go into your conference championship game because that's happened before. You've had teams that play each other in the conference and then wind up playing each other again in the conference championship game. But the last seven postseason games that were rematches of regular season games. The last seven have all gone to the loser of the first game. So the team that lost the first game has avenged that loss and won the rematch in the postseason. And so it goes back to 2016, the heart of Dallas Bowl. Army lost to North Texas in the regular season. They beat them in the bowl game. In 2012, in the Liberty Bowl, Iowa State beat Tulsa in the regular season. Tulsa won the bowl game. In 2012, the national championship game, I talked about it with Chris Landry. LSU beat Alabama in the regular season. Alabama beat LSU in the national championship game. The 2010 Holiday Bowl, Nebraska beat Washington in the regular season. Washington won the bowl game. 2008 Armed Forces Bowl, Air Force 
won the game in the regular season. Houston won the bowl game. 2008, the Eagle Bank Bowl. Navy beat Wake Forest, and Wake Forest won the bowl game. In 2007, the Las Vegas Bowl, where BYU lost to UCLA in the regular season, then won the bowl game. And uh, that trend is seven straight, going back to 2007. Bowl games featuring a rematch of regular season games. That is uh, who has played in a rematch. Um, That's the history here of rematches in a bowl game of a regular season rematch. The last seven times that has happened, the loser of the regular season game has gone on to win the bowl game or the postseason game. There's been a lot of rematches in history in college football, and uh, this is certainly a great one. And much like uh, Landry, I had Georgia in the SEC championship game. You know, I, I didn't exactly bet that game, but I had my ticket on Georgia to win the SEC, and I didn't hedge out of it. So I was all on Georgia to win that game. And I was very surprised that Alabama dominated. And I do believe that Georgia gets revenge here and finally gets over the hump that is Alabama. The thing is with Alabama, and and Chris alluded to it, they do such a good job of adjusting and of really changing their system to beat their opponents. And a lot of it has to do with the staff. It's why Alabama spends so much money on their coaching staff. They have a large coaching staff. All these analysts, all these former NFL coaches, I mean, they bring in, you know, Bill O'Brien comes in and runs their offense, right? After all the years coaching with the Texans. Doug Marone's now on that staff as well. So they bring in a lot of these big-name coaches, and... Their staff is large. They have so many analysts that they pay for. They spend more money than anybody else on their coaching staff. And it pays off because they do a tremendous job of adjusting. I'm very curious to see how Alabama adjusts from the SEC championship game to now the national championship. Do they go out and try the same type of offensive approach? Pass the ball all over this Georgia defense? Or do they try and do something different? And for Georgia, how do they rebound from that performance? We saw them dominate Michigan, and that's really what they have to do in this game is just be themselves. I think they were taken out of their game against Alabama, and they weren't able to run the football, and when Alabama scored... Uh, to to make up the deficit and then take the lead, it, it forced Georgia to do something that they're not comfortable with, which is play from behind. They had never done, they never really done that. And Stetson Bennett did make some mistakes throwing the two interceptions, but he was also still able to throw for a ton of yards against Bama in that game. So let, let's not just. Yes, you have to acknowledge the mistakes that he made. And again, the two interceptions were bad. But he also had some successful moments. He was able to move the football down the field. 
He had 340 passing yards and three touchdowns. If you took the two interceptions out of the, out of the way, he had a good game. He had the 32-yard touchdown pass. He had the 18-yard touchdown pass. So he made plays, but he also made mistakes. Um, Alabama scoring at the end of the half was huge. Uh, I think that changed the, the the momentum going into the locker room. And then it was really, you know, Bryce Young just being the Heisman. That was his Heisman moment. I expect Georgia to be a, a very different team in this game. I expect them to be more like the team that we saw throughout the entire regular season, more like the team that we saw against Michigan. And, and I keep bringing it up because Kurt Kerbstreet kept saying it on the broadcast that people might be surprised by that Georgia performance against Michigan, and, and, and they're thinking, oh, wow, well, look at what Georgia did. They, they came out and they just dominated on defense, and, and what a great game for Georgia. No, like, this is who Georgia was all season. The game against Alabama was a fluke. That was an outlier. That wasn't like that's who Georgia was. Georgia doesn't get beat like that. Look at the defensive numbers this year. Look at what they were able to do against the entire SEC. And then to face Alabama, I give all the credit in the world to Alabama. They dominated that football game. Bryce Young was incredible. Maybe the loss of John Mechie does hurt them here in this game. Although they still have playmakers, a ton of them. And you give them the edge at quarterback as well. So quarterback and coach, you give them the edge. But overall, I think this is Georgia's time. I really do. And, and we know how hard it is to, to beat a team twice in the same year, especially when the games are, are so close together. I know that, that we've had several weeks off, several weeks in between these games, but it's very hard to beat a team twice. I think Georgia's going to, you know, they've obviously been watching this film and they're going to try and learn from their mistakes here. But I think we will see a different Georgia team in this game against Alabama, and I expect Georgia to win. Now, I'm not going to lay the points. I'm just taking Georgia on the money line. That's it. Right now, it's at minus 145. I'm hoping that it goes down, but you know what's crazy? And I keep bringing it up. We keep seeing money coming in and bets coming in on Alabama. And the betting splits will show you that everyone's hammering Bama as an underdog. Spread is still three. I don't think the book wants to move this thing down to two and a half. I, I just don't think so. So I'm hoping it does move down, but I'll take minus 145 on Georgia. They're going to win the national championship. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.